0: This is Joe Stein, and you're listening to Thoughts from Lane 4 Podcast. Yeah! Welcome, Speed Wars, to the podcast. Speed Wars rich- wishes to remain anonymous as he fights the war on speed. <laughs> I like that. I I guess I prefer if you just, I guess,
1: call me coach, but that's just a Twitter handle that I uh, put together to sort of uh, irritate some distance coaches and and start a conversation that brings some awareness to uh, uh, a lot of problems that I I feel I see in the, um, in the volume uh, culture. (laughs) So,
0: yeah. Tell me a little bit more about that war on speed and that volume culture
1: well it's um i mean the first thing i'd want to say is that i am a i am a high school coach and i'm a really uh unimportant guy and i don't I don't want it to be i don't want any of this to be about me or the school where i coach and um but I do think it's an important topic and uh anything that you know is about helping kids and helping them succeed and helping them be happy in their sport that's something I take really seriously so you know, tweeting and arguing with distance coaches is is one thing. Um, But uh, that should be lighthearted, And that can keep going forever. But um, I do want to protect the kids and protect uh, the institution where I coach. So um, that's, that's where the anonymity comes in. And that's why uh, right at this point in time, I don't want to like, you know, put my name on it. And uh, these are just my opinions. But I just have noticed that when you speak to distance coaches and ask them about, you know, the excessive volume or why don't you do some speed training, they will really come at you, and um, you know, I dish it out as well as take it, um, as you can see on on Twitter, and um, I I just cannot look past the um, the great offense that they take to the speed question, or the maximum speed question they really don't want to do speed training. It's a cultural thing and it's almost like a brainwashing. And I, I like to refer <laughs> to many distance coaches, or I, I refer to the general population of distance coaches as a cult because they really stick together on that um, speed is secondary. They, they go from the base mileage and high volume and work downward throughout a year to uh what they call a taper which i also think is nonsense um and then lo and behold they find out that when they taper down and take away some of the volume hey the kids run faster i mean (laughs) of course they run faster they're not getting beat to death with mileage and and tempo runs and, and uh interval training on a track that's slower than their races so um that's that's what got me going on this, and then this Twitter thing kind of took on a, a life of its own and I'm not much for social media I try to respond the attacks so that's that's how it kind of became a little speed war and um I do talk about and criticize that culture and i've i mean if you think of the word cult as a shortening of the word culture that's that's what I go on about so I'm happy to uh, keep shedding light on that and keep that conversation going. And uh, yeah, I, I dish it out and I also take it in there and we learn a lot. I think we do, all the coaches that that uh, want to participate in that in that argument, so.
0: Yeah, I absolutely hate the word base. Like, let's build the base, I hate that. Um, and that doesn't really make sense to me why people would want to take two steps backwards before they take one step forwards.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you, they look at it like um, distance and volume downward to the race um, in a taper concept. It, it doesn't make sense to me. To me, the volume is the – well, to me, speed is the foundation of everything. We're running foot races, right? So no matter the distance, the speed is a factor throughout. It's a global factor from the from the starting gun to the finish even if it's a marathon i mean speed is always going to be paramount so the amount of speed you have and the percentage of which you have to exert yourself to be competitive in that race the distance distance is irrelevant the speed always matters it matters the most in the shortest races but it's always globally part of the equation and i don't understand the knee-jerk Uh, attacks that i get when you when you speak in that (laughs) you speak on that topic right so that that's where that goes um and the the more contemporary you know feed the cats and the the speed stuff that coaches are getting into today is still really in the minority and i think I, i have great respect for tony holler and the feed the cats program and he's uh that that's growing in its popularity especially into like the football uh, world and it's doing a great job there but I I guess what I'd like to see is for somehow uh, that those concepts to make their way up into the mid distance and distance uh, runners because it's just rejected there. Um, and again that's where I go at it like it's a cult, it's a religion for these guys and i don't I don't like seeing kids uh, running miles and miles jogging uh, some of them you know the form is terrible they're getting stress fractures they're getting you know burnout mentally and um, i don't I don't like seeing it I can't look past it so i keep I keep tweeting on this topic and um, I hope it's doing some good I hope people are kind of coming to an awareness about it and if the distance coaches have their good reasons to to push back and fight about it bring bring them on and it's good to discuss them it's good for everybody so
0: yeah i don't really know anything about distance running but there's some people that say uh you know i'm going to run 30 miles this week and then they don't really see any results and then well maybe i need to run 50 miles why don't you just try to look at ways to make it more efficient and cuz if you're running that many miles i don't think adding more miles on is what the uh, factor is going to be to get better
1: yeah like i mean it makes much more sense to break it down into some kind of segments that you can run faster than than your race distance right so to me it makes much more sense to run um, a couple of 800s say two 800s to train yourself for a mile that makes more sense to me than running (laughs) three miles or five miles or seven miles to train for a mile. Or it makes more sense to me to run some max speed and increase your top end speed and then work on your endurance on a different day and develop two systems at once. But, you know, you have distance coaches that go out do a long run, come back, put their kids uh, through striders or they go over a ladder and they think they're doing speed work The kids are exhausted. They can't, they can't get any quality out of the speed work that they attempt to do it's it's not speed work it's just it's it's like more short interval work
0: yeah some people's definition of speed is different um some people this it gets to be conditioning really quick and when you're conditioning that's not working on speed you really just because you're running a short distance doesn't mean you're working on speed you have to be taking you know five six minutes of rest between each rep um, to make sure that you're hitting it hard and you're actually getting to your max velocity, um, we kind of have talked about this, but do you want to add a little bit about the importance of max velocity for basically everything.
1: Yeah, I mean that's your. Well, also, I mean, I want to get into, and you mentioned um, before the call that like we we wanted to talk about misconceptions. So, I mean, just in the in the wording itself. Um, across the sport, if someone says I got faster, what do they really mean? By f- you know, you have to define the terms. Faster, if you run a PR, you got faster across a distance. Um, but how fast you are as an athlete—that's your your top maximum speed. That's how I define fast. Uh, you know, your your best maximum speed for a I don't know a forty yard dash or a ten meter fly. How many miles per hour can you hit? Everything else is a variation off of that over, over distances, right? Um, so that's how I look at fast. And I think when a when a distance coach wants to argue that their kid is faster for running mileage, what they're saying is the mileage is becoming easier and they can run it at a better rate than they could run it before. But they're not faster, That the athlete is not faster. In fact, the athlete's getting slower as, as they condition themselves to run over distance, they're literally in, conditioning themselves to run slower unless they're beating their, um, unless they're sprinting or beating their, their race pace, I guess. But um, those are, those are terms that get lost in the translation. And when you say a term like stronger, are we talking about strength and force that you can put into the ground on a stride? Or are we talking about, strength like aerobic strength and heart and lungs or are we talking about lactic threshold and that kind of strength where how long can you go before you break down mechanically or muscularly I should say and and you get a lot of that um there's a lot of confusion in those terms and that's that's more or less what the what the great majority of the twitter uh disagreements are about I think
0: yeah I'd rather run fast and feel sick than run slow and have it feel easy
1: well yeah i mean well running volume is hard too i mean one of the things i I get kind of I, i don't want to be miscategorized like the distance kids i i love those kids i think i think more of those kids than the distance coaches do um i find like those kids will do anything they'll if you go tell them Tell kids to run 24, 800, still go do it. Um, those are the distance guys, the, the sprinters and, and guys that come from other sports that maybe come into the sprints and are trying out track. They don't want to go up. Um, so in terms of toughness, in terms of like their work ethic and how hard, you know, what kind of success they deserve those distance kids and middle distance kids too, maybe maybe even more so the middle distance kids because they have to do it all. Um, they just work so hard. They have my great respect. They have the hearts of lions, you know? And I've, I I listen to coaches sort of uh, transmit what I would call like an inferiority complex. They sit there and and tell them they're slow. They tell them they need to work harder to overcome I mean, I'm I'm saying between the lines, what they're saying is you guys are slow. You got to do all this work and all this volume in order to be bulletproof, just so you can catch up to the kids that are faster, right? Like that's really what they're saying. And most and most of the, I mean, to generalize, and this will this will get me some pushback. Um, a lot of distance coaches are one sport guys. That they didn't do anything but run, uh, whereas like. Guys more interested in sprints and stuff like that. They are often crossover football coaches or basketball coaches, and they're more interested in in developing athletes. And distance coaches, they they're pushing through this mindset. Uh, it's like it it's like a religion or a cult. They they sort of feel guilty if they don't do the Saturday run. Uh, how many miles per week are you running? And they have no. I don't see the regard for the uh, the actual quality or the speed in in the in the runs they do, I don't see where they're working toward hog and and a feel good kind of camaraderie, and I think very few of them really ever learn how to race.
0: Why do you think there's such a pushback to training fast and doing less volume? Well, I I really, I really
1: go back to that that cult thing it's just the, the the distance coaches will refer to themselves as geeks and sneaker geeks and I'm a nerd and I'm a geek and that's that's no way to lead you know children and and, and have them give them someone to look up to I mean I would I would say to and I say this to distance kids too but I would say it to sprinters or other kids I coach uh I'll look at like the lacrosse team who's like sneaking on the field early before we're done. And I'll say, you know, one day we should, we should just, uh, take a couple of lacrosse sticks and have you guys go out there and and beat those guys in all the cross game. Cause I think the potential in all the runners is that they could be the best athletes in their school. I mean, they're tough. they're, They're They have, you know, they have all that grit and toughness and willingness to work and, and, uh, and put in the put in the time and, and effort it takes to be champions and they're just really misguided. I mean, the typical cross country coach or distance coach on a track team, you know, a lacrosse ball could roll over there and they'll say, yeah, let's, let's go run. We'll run in the park today. And they'll leave the track. I mean, you're in Iowa, right? Yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you think would happen if uh I'm using, I'm picking on lacrosse here, but how, what do you think would happen if a lacrosse ball kept rolling through the uh,
0: the wrestling team? Um, the, wrestlers <laughs> would, the wrestlers would probably beat the lacrosse team up. <laughs> I'm just saying like,
1: I, I'm tired of watching the runners get pushed around and I'm tired of the culture that, that the, that the coaches transmit that they're, that they're second class athletes in their school. I mean, Track and field and cross country has the numbers big numbers in a school and and uh they could just be such they could see be such better so much better served by developing them as athletes first in terms of speed and power and and develop developing them as endurance uh you know endurance athletes second let them let them do that based on their events that they are going to specialize in. But I mean, athletes should be as fast as they can and as strong as they can to begin with. I don't understand. I don't understand. I can't. I can't get past the the mileage.
0: Yeah, I. Go ahead. Sorry. I I think I don't think some people realize the negative effects that running long distance can have on your body.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, maybe we should talk about those. I mean, you have. Your, your range of motion is going to diminish if you're jogging right as opposed to sprinting where you're swinging your arms and knees at their maximum i mean the more more slow mileage you run the smaller your movements become to make you more efficient right um i mean there's a lot of good that goes with distance too i mean you're you're gonna uh you're gonna be greater in terms of aerobic fitness um if there's any baby fat on kids you know they'll drop they'll drop weight and they'll get faster in that way. So those are good things. But um, you also, you know, the, the mechanical, the mechanical movements, the, the bounce, the downward force in the lower leg um, the hardness of the landing and the feet and, and, and getting back up off the track, right. That all gets diminished over, over distance. So, I mean, distance runners need to put in distance and they need to have endurance, but Uh, I don't understand how that is the basis for everything. I mean, hundred mile weeks and Arthur Lydiard and all that stuff, they'll throw at you. They'll, they'll throw white papers. The the distance coaches will, will, will present white papers to you and, and, you know, email you stuff on Arthur Lydiard and what he did. And then, um, biopsy studies on white and red muscle fiber and all this stuff. And at the end of the day, uh, they don't even address what the nervous system does. Um, so, I just think there's a lot of room for improvement and a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of good arguments ahead of us.
0: Yeah, um, there's something I saw where Tony Holler was talking about how you lose vertical force when you are jogging along or you're going long distance. Um, you could put a paper under you can put a paper underneath like a long distance person's feet, but some of those sprinters really get off the ground. It's like they're flying. So not only do you lose the bounce and uh, the form stuff, but there's also a negative effects from a chemical standpoint. You'll probably lose muscle mass and you'll probably lose some testosterone and that type of thing too, right?
1: Well, they'll, they'll adapt in a different way, right? I mean, that's how I look at it. You, you, if you're gonna if you're gonna train to run, I mean it's 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 much simpler than, than we're making it sound even here. I mean if you run fast, your body's going to adapt to to running faster, and if you keep pushing that max with with the shorter sprints, thirty yard, forty yard sprints, um, you're going to keep hitting that max. Just like I don't know why it's so hard to understand for some people. I mean in weightlifting, at some point you're going to hit you're going to you're going to try to bench press your maximum right and then you know then you need to rest and a couple of days later or a week later you can try it again and you push and you push and as that ceiling raises you know you're going to get you're going to get stronger so the same goes for speed and that's the way i look at it and um i think that's the whole well that's part of the basis for all the feed the cats stuff and i've i just have great respect for that whole program but the bet the best thing about what coach holler has done is uh he found a way to go outside the the box and make track more interesting and and make the kids happier so he's i mean that's more important than even the theory i mean he's like connected to those kids and he's got kids coming out for track and he's got a really successful program because of it and the kids are having a blast it looks like i mean they're having success and they're having fun and they never they never run laps and he's just remember that that's just speed stuff so the the trouble that i get into is trying to get distance coaches to apply those principles but they still apply you can you can just go upward from there but you hit this stone wall when you get to the 800 meters and you tell a coach that you know the 800 meter kid needs to do more sprints as opposed to what the coach wants to do with him which is train him at the you know the two mile or the mile and then bring him down to the 800 as though that's going to be faster, so that's about where it where it disconnects and it's very interesting and I you know I still love tweeting about it um, we'll see where it all goes
0: yeah um across the country, really I mean there seems to be a lot of old school track coaches, and that kind of this um, bothers me because some of them have never even heard about what a CNS is what a central nervous system is, and that's where most of your gains are going to be. On the track
1: yeah and it's it's hard for people to grasp i guess um i mean i buy into that that stuff and i think that's the most current and that's the best information that's out there right now but that's not what's written in all the old books in fact there's there really aren't a lot of books on sprinting there's not if you go to like barnes and noble and look at the uh, shelf see an awful lot of books for people who want to run their first half marathon and how to be a better 5k guy and, and stuff like that uh, there really isn't there isn't enough written about sprinting i think um and the central nervous system it's got to be the most important factor that you can that you can put a finger on today um, but it it all overlaps i mean you still have to talk about strength and force you have to talk about uh, in, in the sprints, even you have to talk about the endurance in terms of the lactic threshold, and
0: um,
1: there there is a lot of overlap. And I, I don't. Sometimes on Twitter, someone will say to me, "Oh, so you're saying you can run a full marathon by by running, you know, max, just doing max V training?" <laughs> it just gets it just gets funny. It gets silly. So no, everything overlaps. It depends on the event, but God, the central nervous system. That that's the that's literally the brain i mean that that's what drives all athleticism so people ought to pay more attention to it
0: yeah i think it's just because people can't see it they just they don't see that their muscles are getting bigger they don't see that it's not a tangible thing really something that they can't see so they just don't really want to train it but really that's the most important part yeah but coaches need to do a better job of um
1: Use video. Tony Holler does, probably, you know, publish results and show show, you know, the improvements. I mean, the kids want to compete and they want to see improvements in themselves, and you can do that. You can do that in a you know in in uh, the time span of a week or two weeks. You can show a kid that he's getting faster because he's doing a certain drill or because he's doing you know more max v or he's doing you know doing more biometrics or, uh, you know, that that type of thing. So it's all good, but I, I just – what I go on about is when you and, – and the sprint coaches know it, at least the better ones do, and they're even, you know, bringing that over into football now, which is great, and other sports. For some reason, you try to take that up past 800 meters and, and explain it to a distance coach, and you you get <laughs> – they give you a hard time and like I said earlier distance runners and distance coaches are tough as hell so that's what that's what I'm up against and um you know I'm happy to I'm happy that I could talk a bit about it here so I think you got a great podcast going
0: yeah a couple more things probably I I wanted to touch back to something you mentioned earlier there isn't really a lot of books on sprinting you said um I was just thinking I mean there's people every day that are thinking about better ways to sprint better ways to get faster so we're constantly evolving but um and everyone can kind of be a great 5k runner if they put their mind to it but uh, to a certain extent you know sprinters are a little bit born maybe but they but you can obviously get better and you can take not everyone can be a world-class olympic sprinter but everyone can be pretty fast. I mean, I don't know what it is that people, this aren't, I mean, I think that's why there's more books out there about five K's than sprinting. It's just more of a complex thing for your body to uh, sprint at its fastest, I think. Um, yeah. No, and I think those books
1: are meant for looking at distance running as a leisure sport. I mean, to me, it's a serious sport when you're in school. Uh, I, don't, I don't think of it as, you know, like, like you pick up a book at Barnes & Noble and, you know, a soccer mom that wants to run a, a half marathon or something. That's, that's not what the sport is at the scholastic levels. I mean, it's, it's a dogfight. you you got you to be tougher and faster than the guy next to you. And that's why I admire the, the runners so much. It's all, it's all hard. And if you if you don't let them if you take speed out of the equation it's even even more so, I mean it's a hundred percent heart. So those kids deserve better, and and um, yeah, there should be there should be more books. I mean there, there are books on there's Charlie Francis about you know, if you want to learn about how to run the four hundred and and um, but when you get into using the the pros as as examples and you're going to run into some controversial stuff with peds and that that kind of nonsense too so yeah there there should be more more books out there for the for the sprinters and and more theory about you know especially about the central nervous system like you said
0: and uh it goes to show that no one really has it figured out we're all this kind of on this learning process trying to figure it out no one knows everything um absolutely i mean there's
1: there's a a great screenwriter um, that uh, that that founded the um, the Cannes Film Festival. He he said uh, William Goldman. He said nobody knows anything. And that was in in reference to uh, to Hollywood. But I mean, <laughs> it's a great it's a great saying. Nobody knows. I don't you know. But you you got to keep an open mind and try to think outside the box. And if if we always just think about what's the best thing for the kids, what helps them the most. That's that's usually
0: leads you to the right way to go, I think. It's also a saying that the smartest people admit what they don't know, and then some of the dumber people act like they know something when they really don't. I think mean, that's probably true, but uh, we coaches all,
1: you know, we're all competitive and we all have egos, and um, the more often we can move away from saying, you know, I'm right about this and and think about what what helps what helps a kid then the better off we are and i think we're doing a better job if we do that so
0: um do you have anything else that you want to add um let me think
1: (laughs) i i want to say again i'm I'm really uh impressed that you have started up a podcast and um i think you got a good thing going you might become the next joe rogan you know (laughs) and I want to congratulate you too on, um, on one of the other segments. I heard you mention that you were a 10, six, eight, 8 uh, sprinter yourself. Yeah. So you, you might know more than all of us. So uh, <laughs> I appreciate, uh, appreciate the time. And, 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 uh, I hope, I hope this, uh, I hope this blows up. I hope people, um, start conversations of their own about these things.
0: Yeah. Thanks for coming on.
1: Thank you very much, Joe. Good luck. Thanks.